Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment, for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith. And I'm Andrew Tahada. I am a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a freelance writer with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a film and its connection to the DC animated movie universe, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This is yet another DC Animated Podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC Animated Podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, a.k.a. Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, a.k.a. Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year Scream came out in theaters. Remember Scream? You know? Oh, my gosh. That R-rated <laughs> horror classic? Well, I'm going to tell you, what we're about to discuss is going to make Scream look like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Because this movie... <laughs> has earned its r rating and, and what movie what movie are we talking about today that <laughs> yes the movie we're talking about today is constantine city of demons and don't watch this with the lights off i just gotta say that first and foremost <laughs> i was scared the entire time and oh, i was yeah. with someone when i watched this <laughs> and this film was directed by Doug Murphy and was released first as a 10-part episode series on the CW streaming platform CWC back in 2018. And it finally completed its run in 2019. So imagine having to spend five minutes each time watching these scary things and have to go through the rest of your day processing what the heck happened here. <laughs> No, no, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. This had to be one shot for me because, oh, my, oh, boy. Oh, yes. boy. <laughs> <laughs> so the runtime of 90 minutes. This is probably the longest film we've seen so far now, but actually has the shortest list of cast members of any DC animated production. Also, probably the most experienced, to be honest, as I was looking through this list. Mm -hmm. We got Matt Ryan returning as Constantine from our film back in the day of Justice League Dark. Damian Hare is playing Chaz, who, fun fact, later voices Constantine in the Justice League action television series. <laughs> Laura Bailey took a break from voicing Black Widow and Lois Lane and a bunch of other people in gaming Marvel DC anime productions to be Asa the Healer or the Nightmare Nurse. 
And also Trish, our comatose little girl that we're trying to save here. Emily O'Brien is Renee Chandler, who is Chaz's ex-wife? Wife? I uh, think ex. It's not clear. It's not clear. Hashtag is complicated. (laughs) Don't look under the bed, Disney fans, for this person, because Rachel Kimsey is now here as the Queen of Angels. (laughs) And we have Jim Meskimen as Beirul, Robin Atkin Downs as Nergal, Keith Michael Richardson helps round out the cast by voicing a couple characters. And finally, we have Rick D. Wasserman, who voices and Ooh, this is going to be a tough one for me. Mick Clan Tekutli, the Aztec god of death. I think you did the best you could under the circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So now that we've dived into this dark, dark world of what is Constantine's city of demons and their cast members in this runtime, Let's dive into this movie, which starts off super creepy already to begin with. We are just jumping right into it. Constantine, he just wants to let it all go. We see him younger, in his prime, trying to be a musician. But the big problem is that something terrible has happened in his life. And he's at an asylum with his friend Chaz. And he just wants to forget everything. Unfortunately... That's not Constantine's life. And as the orderlies drag him away and try to sedate him, we know it's almost inevitable for him to end up as the dark, mystical arts man we know him. So we cut to present time where he's waking up, thinking about his demons, and there's a bunch of little Constantine demons rolling around. (laughs) It's going to sound weird for me to say this, but this was actually the cutest moment of this movie for me second cutest moment of this movie for me i I love these little (laughs) i love these little constantine demons they're just like they're like gremlins and baby yoda and baby group came together and like for some reason i want a little plush toy of one of these things yeah because if you did have a plush toy they would squirt a lot of blood and internal organs because that's exactly what happens when (laughs) constantine literally stomps his demons out before realizing that he has to absorb them. So he literally absorbs all these little demons into his body, which will become a great metaphor for what happens throughout this entire film. Constantine is recovering from his bender slash fight with his demons. There's someone knocking at his door and he's trying to tell them to just go away because he's, again, going through some things. And he realizes that it's his old friend, Chaz Chandler, who... After they see each other face-to-face, once Constantine opens the door, they go over to a restaurant or a diner and just have a chat. They're talking about the fact they haven't seen each other in over a decade and how they're just really, at this point, just really catching up. And I kind of really love this dynamic between the two because as Chaz is saying things that might be a little bit more heartfelt and whatnot, talking about his relationship with his, his wife, Renee, Constantine is just is just basically just clowning him the entire time. Oh yeah, he's he's smoking. He's he's like, you have a kid? Kid's yes. eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> you you know your best friend is an eight year old kid. Like I forget some birthdays and once in a while, but I think I would know never a whole that. kid, yeah. a whole kid. And unfortunately, this ketchup has a dark tone because Chaz says his kid's in a coma and he feels like. There's some dark magic involved. Constantine might be just what his daughter needs. So they go over to the hospital. 
and the wife is not about it at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. It's clear that she and Constantine have a past, and not in the sense of the way that Constantine usually has a past with people. I mean, no, not out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she immediately starts attacking him, telling him to get away from her child because we do not want him here. And Chaz is just really trying to calm her down, telling her that Constantine might be their only hope. So Constantine heads in, says he needs about five minutes. And as he heads over to Trish, she's having this conversation with her, saying, trying to talk to her be, now that she's in this comatose state. And as he starts using his magic to see if he could wake her up or to check in to see what's going on with her within her mind, it's immediately repelled. And we get our second creepiest scene of this entire movie within five minutes as Trish's body is possessed by a demon and goes full exorcist, jumps out, starts spitting out flies from her mouth. Yeah, this is when it was clear where Constantine was like, yeah, we're going to need more than five minutes on this one because uh, <laughs> this seems a little out, out of my depth. So he calls in some help. He says the spell, which I guess kind of freezes time a little bit. Uh, yeah. A little, yeah, freezes time. Except for Renee and Chaz, who seem to know, they see everybody slowing down. The room gets, a, the whole hospital gets a little darker and they yeah. realize that something's happening. My only thing with this scene, it was... Were there doctors on their way to like surgery and like patients <laughs> with minutes to live and Constantine stopped time? So are they okay? <laughs> uh, I think that's a question for another day and for our <laughs> we gotta get a mystical doctor in here to talk to talk this through. Like, does that really help in that case? Please explain the rules. But he did all this so that he could summon his friend, the nightmare nurse, who is just extremely an extremely attractive nurse when she has her glamours up because normally <laughs> she looks like a, a demon a yes. big big hulking demon <laughs> <laughs> yes and as the, they're talking again we have to include that nightmare nurse and constantine also have a past uh, <laughs> more in the sense of what we were talking about before as they have this banter between the two of them Nightmare Nurse heads over to Trish. She wants to help her. And as she checks Trish's body, she realizes that Trish's soul is missing, which is something that does seem confusing to Constantine. So she decides to check in because Constantine tells her that she was just up and about just a minute ago. There was something in there. As she does so, she channels Trish's soul. Trish explains the situation to him, saying that she's trapped somewhere in this cage She's all alone except for the appearance of the nasty man who keeps coming and attacking her in some way. Yeah, so this is really unsettling because it's unclear what has her, who has her, if it's human or not. So already, you know, you feel, you definitely feel unsettled by this. And in the middle of them trying to figure this out, the demon responsible decides, I might as well do a little introduction. So the demon taunts Constantine and instead of sending him a nice text or like a quick Facebook message, he burns the address he wants him to go to outside of the window. And Constantine realizes he's got to leave England, go to L.A. and figure out what the hell is going on with this dude. And Chaz says, hey, you ain't going by yourself, boy. I'm going. So Chaz and Constantine go off while the Nightmare Nurse stays to keep trish alive essentially because if she leaves it's over <laughs> yeah it's wild and 
the dynamic between John and Chaz is so great because as they're on the flight heading over to LA, they're again having this heart to heart, very similar to what was happening in the diner that they were in before. But it's now that they're more up to speed and up to date with what's going on. This is really just a fun moment. They're addressing some of the stuff that's happened to them in the past, but still kind of hiding big secrets amongst themselves. All while Chaz is dealing with his fear flying and air sickness. <laughs> yeah, this guy has not left England a lot, clearly, or has driven everywhere because he hates planes. And yeah, and this, don't make fun of air sickness. I just want to say that it's a <laughs> real thing, man. <laughs> hey, look, not, you know, a little turbulence can hurt, I guess, sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, he. but it is nice to see uh, them banter and, and get along. And this scene features on opposite ends the thing I love most and hate most about this movie. Overall, the movie's fine at this point. Just an annoying thing this movie does is they keep talking about Newcastle. And every time Newcastle is mentioned, you get a brief glimpse of a girl screaming and tumbling into a void. The first time this happens, it's really effective. The 19th time this happens, it's like, <laughs> we get it. We know what happened. Please stop showing this two-second clip. <laughs> and it, it reminds like, me of um, was yeah. it the 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 Mac and me clip that Paul Rudd oh, yes. brings over to Conan? <laughs> he always he always brings it up. And I understand that part of it might be because it was put into episodes that they wanted to keep reminding you of this week to week, but editors. It's 90 minutes. Uh, we could cut out like five of these. <laughs> and we could just say Newcastle and move on. But the scene also features a great line where Constantine is saying, we're about to head into some dark magic, bro. I just want to let you, want to ask if you're ready. And Chas says, no price is too high to pay for my little girl. Constantine replies, tell me that after you paid it. <sighs> it It's up. And when Constantine says something like that to you, get ready. <laughs> get ready. But that line, just the delivery, the, the earnestness in his voice when he says that, I was immediately drawn in. Like I had forgot about the Newcastle flashback two second thing immediately because of that line. I don't know if it stuck out to you in the same way. To be honest, it didn't. But now as you say it, it really, it's one of the things that I love about the, 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 the dynamic between these two is because Constantine Constantine is a con man, hands down. In all iterations of him, he's always been this con man who doesn't reveal his full hand. We saw that in Justice League Dark. You know, he shows that he was able to win that card game. He does it at the end fight. And already within the first, this is, I think, about within the 10 minute mark or so of the, of the movie, we see how real he is with the people he truly keeps close to him. Yes. And the fact that he's able to say this to Chaz, someone that he's known all his life, it's great to know that even being apart for 10 years, they can still talk like this. And we get a chance to see this part of Constantine, the side of Constantine, where he's able to really be real with you and explain how much he's truly kind of hurting in the same line. Because by telling Chaz that, you know, this is, this could be it. This could make or break both of us without actually saying that he, this could really end us all completely. 
it shows you this is a new type of movie. This isn't our beat them up, shoot them up. I don't know, Aquaman tried them up kind of style <laughs> of movie. We're talking about some real things, things that can actually affect relationships in the long run. So to have that line and have that moment is registering for me now a completely different way. So yes, thank you. Oh yeah, no, no. I I just I there were several times where I just had to to write down a line and coincidentally the next scene automatically um while Constantine and Chaz discovering that there's a coma bug similar to Trish going around we cut back to Trish in the hospital room with the nightmare nurse and her mom and her mom is just kind of you know she knows about the magic stuff and a nightmare nurse just looks outside sadly and and goes you know humans are so lucky that they can't see the darkness that hovers on the periphery of their vision and you can see her looking out in the street, looking at all these demons popping up, nearly grabbing humans. And she remarks that she sees this love between the two, the mother and the daughter doesn't, can't understand it. She never could at being a demon. Mm -hmm. And her curiosity about love and humanity leads her to ask, okay, so this Newcastle thing that everyone's talking about, <laughs> what's Finally. going on? Degonstantine won't tell me. And, she's, and the mother's like, I'm not telling you either. Are you kidding me? And Nightmare Nurse is like, I wasn't asking, and reaches into her psyche and is able to pull out the Newcastle flashback for us. And this is such a big moment in Constantine history. As we learn, Chaz and Constantine's relationship stems from their childhood. They saw themselves as two sides of the same coin, balancing each other out. Chaz saw Constantine as the unpredictable side, the side that allowed him to have fun as a kid while Constantine saw Chaz as the person who gave him a heart. They fell in love with the music scene together. They started performing. Punk rock is very big. I don't know what time this takes place, but I'm assuming very much when the punk rock scene was probably very big in London. And the two of them form a band. They team up with another person by the name of Alex Logue, who they learn is someone who also practices magic but he's very much leaning into the darker side of magic as he uses his daughter, Astrologue, to do these dark spells as they're in this Newcastle nightclub. And it's such a dark and traumatizing scene because we actually get a chance to just hear Astra's like pleading and sadness over the fact that she's being used in this way. So Constantine, and it is remarked in the, in the movie as well, instead of calling the cops, like one probably shouldn't, do if you, you know you have all the evidence here he decides to and they say be a big man and kind of go and take care of it himself and big ups to chaz who has no magical powers to speak of but follows constantine to confront <laughs> yes <laughs> to confront yeah. him. chaz has a bat that's all he has <laughs> he has a wooden bat he has no magic he's like let's take on logue you go you go with the spells i'm gonna come with the bat and chaz is getting work he's knocking <laughs> yeah. back these demon worshipers with a bat but constantine decides you know what that's small potatoes we're gonna need some big guns so constantine decides to summon a demon to take out everyone and oh my god yeah. it is effective <laughs> yeah Everybody is killed. Every single person that was working alongside Alex is killed. But 
something that does get remarked is John Constantine didn't knows how to bring out the big guns, but doesn't know how to put them back. This demon who they conjure by the name of Nergal, he goes into a frenzy and not only kills every single person connected to Alex, he also goes up into the nightclub and kills every single person there. So we are talking thousands of lives possibly being lost. So, and it, I mean, this scene is so gruesome that the camera cuts away at some points. It doesn't even let us see what the demon is doing to these people. There is blood. Oh my God, there is blood. Mm-hmm. But there is, because the things we you can see in the movie is horrifying. So I can't even imagine what they were trying to hide from us. And at the end of this horrifying killing spree, the demon Nurgle decides to take another prize and he freezes Constantine and Chaz in place rips out Astra, the girl he was trying to save, and throws her into hell. And Constantine can do absolutely nothing about it. He can just watch. Man, with this scene, this flashback, instantly I was, this made Justice League Dark and Apocalypse better, in my opinion, because Constantine is always like, I don't want to be a hero. I I don't want to be a hero. And you think it's just because he's this jaded magic user but this is the moment where you see he tried to be a hero and this is what happened he sent a girl to hell also this scene of her being thrown into hell this is the flashback that we are constantly seeing we're reminded many countless times (laughs) yes that yeah like this is what trauma constantine is going through so we end this scene now with uh, nightmare nurse taking her hands out of away from um, Renee. And at this moment, Renee doesn't remember sharing this information at all. So it's kind of nice that we, I guess, nicety that Nightmare Nurse was allowed to give Renee because it's just like, I know that this is probably really troubling for you. You didn't want to talk about it. So I'm going to take away this memory of you telling me that so you don't feel too bad about it later. Yeah, that that she just, with a smile, she's just yeah. like, oh, you don't want to talk about it? That's fine. Mm-hmm. It, it's... My God, this that scene. I love that scene so much of this demon. This whole character of Nightmare Nurse gets maybe more development than <laughs> Fat Woman, Talia Al Ghul. Yes. Like, like whole movies, whole movies built around these female characters. And I think Nightmare Nurse gets just so much more to work with because you get the sense like, yeah, she's a demon from hell, but she has sworn to do no harm. And as much as she can, she tries to help out humans even though she doesn't understand them that character is so complex and interesting and this this scene is like the best material they give her and you'll need that light because this next scene oh my god we hadn't even recovered (laughs) oh no yes john and chaz have landed in la and they are just talking about how just the world seems different there's a moment in which Constantine is realizing that something is different as he's seeing people looking at him and their eyes are glimmering a bit. But again, we're back on task. So they head over to 1247 Enstrom. And as they're there, they realize that Enstrom mixed around spells out monster. So as they're entering the mansion now, they're greeted by the anthropomorphic pig butler, whose name is never, I don't know. (laughs) This was the weirdest part for me. I just call um, him Pig Alfred. 
Yeah, Pig Alfred. (laughs) (laughs) He's only in one scene. (laughs) Yeah, one line. He had to deliver it. So So while they're inside the mansion, Chaz is kind of like, takes a step back. He's like looking around while Constantine stumbles up ahead and he goes into a doorway, which leads him to a pool. And in this pool is just filled with this decaying human corpses. Just like, ah, it's just, it was physically a lot because you couldn't even see in Constantine's face he's like what the he's he, he's taken aback Constantine throws up and like instantly <laughs> and this disgusting demon comes by and starts breaking the ice with Constantine and just saying how he's going to enjoy swimming in that pool Ugh. and yet you think this is the worst thing you're going to see in the scene but oh no friends oh no the demon takes Constantine into another room There's no need to dive into the details of the horrific and gruesome things. But when I tell you that the least worst thing happening to people is that they're getting hit by whips, by demons and being forced to dance, that's the least worst thing because the horrors in this room. And what did these people do? What did they do? (laughs) Like these people are getting tortured in horrendous ways. And I just want to know, did did they skip out on their taxes? Did did they attack people online? What, What is their crime? What did they do to deserve this? You know, I'm really surprised that was the worst thing for me. It was seeing this demon in a very revealing smoking jacket. Oh, right. Before all of that even happened. <laughs> this is the shortest robe I've ever seen in my life. Guy, the guy was way too big for this tiny robe. We're not trying to see all of this, man. What are you? Jesus. Like, you're not a model. We don't want a body shame, but no one wants to see that demon before he swims in pools. And... So... He's revealing that this is a branch of hell somewhat that he's created on earth. And he wants to, he's turning this into a a, a fast food franchise. (laughs) (laughs) The Chuck E. Cheese from hell. Yes. And as they're talking this through, Constantine's trying to figure out, I was like, why is this dude telling me all this? And he tells him that he really brought him here because he has some competition. And he felt that Constantine was the best person to take out his competition. Figured that the only way Constantine will do it is if he takes Trisha's soul out of her body and puts it in his own near his heart. So the only way that he can save Trish is to do this job because if he tries to kill the demon, Trish will also die. Which is devious. It's smart. It's such a great setup. Chaz tries his best to interfere and like get into a fight with this demon, but the demon yeets him to another plane, <laughs> leaves him on a roof. I guess it's nice enough that he didn't kill him. No, um, it did remind me a bit of remember Pokemon the first movie? Oh, when yeah. Ash legit tried to run a fade on Mewtwo. <laughs> Got yeeted. <laughs> and at this point, Constantine reunites with Chaz and he apologizes. He says, Look, I know that. The only reason, because the demon Berul, who that this big fat demon guy, reveals that he mainly siphoning souls in LA, but he went and siphoned a soul in England specifically to get Constantine's attention. So Constantine is saying, you know, this is all on me. And you know, Chaz is trying to reassure him and says, Maybe you can't be responsible for every damn demon that makes trouble. And you know, it's a nice line from Chaz to, you know, from him to kind of absolve Constantine of that and Mm -hmm. they're just trying to go back and figure out this mission 
And while they're in a car, they're attacked by these demon dogs, which leads to the best line in this movie by (laughs) far, because the demons are chasing them. Chaz is like, can you make them go away? And Constantine goes, who do you think I am? Benedict Cumberbatch? (laughs) 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 And this came out in 2018, right? So that, yes. So, okay. So that's a Dr. Strange, definitely Dr. Strange reference. Yeah. hilarious I, I just love i love it so much <laughs> it's so it's, much. it was so good it was just so well executed <laughs> and they're able to get away in time but not before losing the car yeah that and, rental that rental oh, fee is gonna be a nightmare oh yeah they lose the car and as they're walking alongside the cliff they're being chased again by these demon dogs as a random other car pulls up and drives on the side of the mountain. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Dominic Toretto could do it. So, you know, why not? You know what? That's true. We, we have to remember that Fast and the Furious physics actually does apply to these movies after we saw what happened with Batman versus Robin, Bruce's car driving skills. You're right. This car drives up, pulls the classic Terminator line of, you know, come with me if you want to live. As they're driving away, they drop off at this kind of like hotel. They're talking Chaz and Constantine, but not before this driver is saying that like, you know, come and find me when you're ready, Constantine. And then as soon as he says that, his eyes kind of glimmer again. And the driver comes aware of where he is and questions like, what's going on? Why am I here? So again, there's still some mystery that we have and we're barely even halfway through the movie now at this point. Yeah, there's still, there's so much uh, that I, I like because I'm just like, okay, now he's got to fight these five demons, but he also has to figure out who's saving him. And one big mystery is immediately solved in the next scene where he goes back to Beirut and it's like, rules like i'm disappointed you have made no progress you ran away from the one fight you were supposed to have and bayrule pulls constantine into his disgusting fleshy body oh god it's so gross <laughs> and constantine is covered in god knows what bayrule tosses him out after he sees that trish is okay and bayrule just to twist a knife zips off his flesh suit and reveals that he is Nergal, the demon who sent Astra to hell all those years ago, was masquerading as Beirul, brought Constantine here to mess with him, and tells him, well, sucks for you, but you better get to work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this was legit a dagger in the back, in the chess every single way that Constantine could have been hurt this was it because this is literally his demons coming to life and revealing to him that we still own you in a way she's like I I mean if that wasn't weird enough of a night for him he just tries to go for a smoke in a bar can't do that in the USA Constantine where <laughs> can't smoke indoors and finally yeah uh, another mystery is answered for him because he's approached by a another attractive woman who is like, we're going to go in the bathroom and have sex. I guess. <laughs> it's just... And during this, their uh, intimacy, she reveals that she is the personification of the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, this is this was a wild ride. Uh <laughs> 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 not intended. As we see these flashback we get a pretty good history lesson here not gonna lie of the the origin of los angeles how it came to be as she's telling constantine about the lives she's lost the mistakes that she's made that led to the lives that she's lost so she's really addressing a lot of big moments kind of like the la riots and, mm -hmm. and everything so she's now telling him that he needs to do everything possible because she feels that now the, the demons here her city's really becoming poisoned and this is it. This feels like for her, this could be the last straw. This could be what ends Los Angeles. So he decides to, you know, tighten up his tie and head back out, figure out what's going on. And as he's in the hotel room with Chaz, he's looking up some information about these Aztec gods. And he comes across the Aztec god by the name of Miklantekutli. Um, Mickey, yeah, Mickey. <laughs> yeah, he uses a demon app and finds out there's an Aztec god nearby. So he goes and meets with the Aztec god after falling into another pile of God knows what. The dry cleaning Constantine has to deal with in this movie. <laughs> so he meets Mickey underneath a butcher shop and Mickey re reveals that he's been able to stay alive as a god all these years, these indeterminate amount of years by feeding on the essence of these pigs and other slaughtered animals. And... Constantine says, look, you could keep doing this, sure, or you could hear me out and make a deal. So they broker some deal off screen, and we cut to Constantine having Chaz spill some gallon buckets of holy water around the church, around the, this old church, and Constantine sits for a smoke while he waits to hang out with five demon friends. And these demons all pop up. We learn that they are Beirut slash Nogal's competition. And they try to attack Constantine after they also are upset over the fact that it was him that summoned them. So at that moment, Mickey comes through guns blazing. And it's just so... We learned that the deal that he brokered was that Constantine would have been able to give him a feast. Um, because of the fact that he's been eating all of these discarded animal carcasses for so long, this is the first time he's taste, he's been able to taste on something that was like fresh and I don't know what else to describe it as because before we get to anything more R-rated than already the scene. <laughs> because he he rips every single one of these demons apart. And we find out that Chaz has been pouring holy water around the entire church, making sure that the demons can't get out. So they're now stuck inside with this Aztec god destroying every single one of them. But not before he takes a wound on himself as one of the demons was able to stab Mickey. The fighting all ends. Mick is crawling over to Constantine, pleading for him to save him. And it was here that Constantine decides to deliver the final blow. Because again, he's just like, I'm not going to have you here any longer cast a spell and pretty much stomps out a god <laughs> yeah i love it i love that constantine betrayed a god it's exactly yes. in his nature to do and he just couldn't risk having another god running around the city so he lured him into this trap and accomplished his mission which i i love it i love it it's so brilliant unfortunately <laughs> for constantine he did his job too well yes he goes back to his boss 
and Constantine realizes that Trish is never going to be let go. Mm -hmm. This is going to be forever, so he will stay on the payroll. So, again, respect to my man Chaz. He pulls up with the stick, tries to to fight a demon with the stick, doesn't do a damn thing. And Constantine, in a way that we finally understand, because, you know, Constantine... We see him drinking a lot in a lot of his adaptations and we're like, oh, okay, I guess he just has a problem with drinking. But here it's his best friend. He his best friend's kid is kidnapped because of him. He's Mm going to be in service for a demon for God knows how long who already ruined his life. He has no leads, has no way to defeat him. So he goes to bar and gets drunk and just belligerently drunk. You can really feel Constantine's pain when he's getting drunk because on top of everything <laughs> that he's already dealing with, the city of Los Angeles, who goes by Angela, real creative, <laughs> reveals that she's like, you know what? I'm going to let Nogal have his old Chuck E. Cheese hell franchise because if we fought, it might destroy the city. So you know what? I'm going to let him win. So Constantine's magical ally has turned on him. So he has no allies, no friends, Jeez. no way to beat the demon. Yeah, he's going to get drunk. And understandably so. He ends up getting taken in by LAPD. Um, he's in the jail cell now. And Chaz comes to save him one last time. Again, this friendship is wonderful, man. Like, I mean, it is a little one-sided, but it is wonderful. Because <laughs> <laughs> Chaz has always been there for Constantine. I love it. So... This is it now. Chaz gives the rallying speech, you know, and it's now time for Constantine to do what he does best, and that's to smoke, drink, and piss off demons as they head on over to where the largest grouping of all of the coma patients are. There's a good chunk of them here in this hospital. Constantine's plan is to sever the connection that Nergal has to these coma patients, therefore taking them away from this a hell on earthscape that's been created for them. Obviously, Nergal feels this instantly and flies over to the hospital and just jumps in fighting Constantine with Chaz also there. Yep, Chaz <laughs> is still up. And he, Nergal is like eager to get out of this because in a quick, very funny line, he's like, I got a meeting with the producer about a musical. So, so oh, yes. <laughs> he's got to go and like take care of a musical do a deal and Constantine is pulling out all the steps he's trying to sever this connection he sends his little demons from before to start attacking Nergal so they get to come back and as his big gambit he decides to you know casually open the gates of hell so Mm -hmm. that Nergal has 5,000 demons his words 5,000 demons to compete with Nergal calls the bluff, forcing John to use the fallback plan here that he has, which is the Camdever curse. Um, he shouts out to Chaz and asks, like, how much do you love your daughter? Which is like, why would you ask me that in the middle of a beatdown now, man? <laughs> yeah, they're getting messed up. They have no chance against this demon. But Constantine asks one more time, how much do you um, love your daughter? And... At this moment, Chaz says that he loves her with all his heart. 
He doesn't care about all the stuff that happened in the past with Renee. He wants to make sure he's there for them. And Constantine, you can, he, he says it triumphantly, but you can also hear a little bit of heartbreak in his voice as he says, as I was hoping that you would say, and cast this curse here that takes all of the love that Chaz has, that Renee has, that Trish has for this family union unit and puts it together in this spirit bomb-like essence yes. and blows Nergal to hell as we're now smearing the room with demon guts as we have this powerful speech from Constantine saying that like, you know, your evil may be great, but it's nothing stronger than family. So <laughs> <laughs> we didn't mean to be a Dominic Toretto reference, but <laughs> it, it happens. And as we're walking away triumphantly, coma patients are waking up around the world or in Los Angeles. Trish wakes up, her soul's back into her body. Oh, um, and we do have to quickly mention that right before Nogal gets blown up, he asks, look, if you free me, Constantine, you free me, I'll give you, oh. I'll give you Astra. I swear to God, I will give you Astra. You can redeem yourself. And Constantine goes, this is redemption enough. And just blows him to hell. Like, obviously, you can't make a deal with this demon. He goes back on every deal, so I get right. it. But <laughs> that, that was a huge sacrifice. And you think that was the last sacrifice he made. But we're not through yet. Yes. Chaz and Constantine are hanging out in the diner. Same diner we saw the at in the beginning of the film. They're talking, and as they're just talking about what, you know, what lives they can lead now, Chaz says that he's ready to go back to Renee and Trish, make things work. He doesn't want to ever lose them again. And John reveals that he can't because the cadaver curse means that you are sacrificing all the love that you have for these two. So by now, at this point, Renee and Trish have already forgotten about him. Renee is seeing him now. We'll see him as just like a random one night stand that she had in her past. Trish would grow up thinking that she never had a father to begin with. It's just so much hurt right now because these two were, you know, Chaz and Constantine, they're friends. And to this for Chaz, this is like the biggest betrayal that Constantine could have done for him. Yeah. And he is just heartbroken and livid. You can hear it in his voice. He did all of this to save save his family because he loved them, but that love is gone. And as an added kicker, oh man, Constantine reveals that the love was just not potent enough. It was there, but it wasn't potent enough. So Constantine sacrificed his love, his friendship, and Chaz in a minute from now will no longer remember who Constantine is that they were ever friends to begin with all the friendship from seemingly his only friend in the world mm -hmm. will be gone and we watch it fade away yeah chaz angrily walks away at this point not remembering who constantine is and as he exit there's this older gentleman who walks over to constantine and 
they're having a conversation there now. And we revealed that again, Angela has taken hold of another person to talk to Constantine. And, you know, they have a little flirty exchange to which Constantine says that, you know, kind of wish she didn't look so wrinkly. But um, yeah, I do love that. It's like they they hint several times at Constantine's bisexual identity. And here it was just like, I don't mind if you're a dude. I just don't want you to be wrinkly. <laughs> and Angela tells Constantine that don't worry, Chaz will be taken care of while here in L.A. Now, John is about to head back off to London all by his lonesome. But he's not alone because he has his demons. And by which yeah. I mean the one demon that survived the fight with Nergal, who comes up to him and says, hey, man, things be <laughs> cool. You need a buddy to walk with. <laughs> and Constantine's like, you know what? Why the hell not? And <laughs> just walks into the sunset with his demon as his companion, <laughs> his only companion. I mean, how many little demons are you giving Constantine City of Demons out of 10? I would give this nine little Constantine demons out of 10. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To be honest, when I first saw this, I saw it when it was the 10 part episode short from back in the day. I only really saw actually right up until the part of the big reveal of Beirut being Nergal. So I didn't like it back when I first saw it because mm -hmm. it felt so incomplete. This started out as like a 10-part episode series, but then upgraded into two parts, which now we finally got our feature film here. So to finally see it in its entirety, even though it scared the hell out of me, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I definitely agree with that assessment and that rating. I would also say it's a 9 out of 10. Now that it, it the, we don't have production issues and we were mm -hmm. <laughs> fortunate enough to watch it all at once, as a story, it flows so well. It, it yeah. flows every bit. It, I don't see the seams in the movie. There are times you can see movies crudely pasted together under the Red Hood re-release. Um, <laughs> but here, the, the seams are just so, so great. And all the, the running metaphor of Constantine running from his demons and embracing his demons, walking alongside his demons. That is that is all so well done. The acting is great. The voice performance is, the mystery is all deep. I'll say the only thing that <laughs> holds me back from that 10 out of 10 is, this is gruesome. This is, this is <laughs> gruesome in, in ways that I, I got to say, like, it's, it's hard to stomach. And I, I, I like to think that I am pretty capable of watching most R-rated, hard R violent things, but here there were moments where the violence was just, oh man, yeah, I would say, you know, going, segueing into the RRT alteration, that would bump this up to a 10. Maybe a little less, maybe a little <laughs> less, a little, less, little less violence because, I mean, there's a scene where they're just throwing party guests into movies, into like silent B films, and they're just getting slaughtered in horrifying ways oh in the film gosh, yeah. and i'm like again what did these people do i don't know if we <laughs> needed that like i we get that nergal is a bastard trust us we got it i yeah i don't i think uh at some point there could have been a little bit of restraint that they could have shown and i think that would have made it a little bit more palatable and you could still have look you want the human pool keep it you want the butcher shop all right but 
Please don't make me watch a woman attached to a harp in a way that I will not describe in this podcast. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Woof. You know, speaking of the only thing that was the the thing that put didn't make it a 10 for me, for me, it was just really that the fact that I felt like this movie could have been dropped earlier in our timeline in terms of our own, our whole universe that we're going through. This was a great kind of introduction to Constantine, I felt. But where we just left off, Superman's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we just experienced a big loss on our team. You know, I would have loved if maybe we kind of had maybe like Constantine preceding it just a little bit, maybe a movie or two, or maybe even take out Batman Bad Blood um, and then switch it for this one. Because then I would have loved if we had followed up with maybe the Justice League Dark movie right after Superman's death. And then we did help pay because it would have given us some time to, to deal with the loss of Superman, seeing more heroes step up, also kind of branch out the universe a little bit more and showing that like, hey, Superman is gone we're still protected because we have this dark team and we have our anti-hero team <laughs> yeah i absolutely agree and i think if we ever get you know some some time in one of these or you know as a bonus i would love for us to just rearrange this universe the way it should be after we've seen everything and <laughs> give a definitive watching order because yes I 100% agree with you because I, I did find myself in one part of my mind. I was like, this is its own thing. So I'm evaluating it as a movie by itself. But on my other part, I'm like, why the hell did you put this here? <laughs> why? This makes sense. It's like, we're already hurting for Superman's death. And then you want to gut us literally? <laughs> yeah. Like, I know there's production things behind the scenes that we don't know about and everything. But yeah, no, this is a really weird placement. But Overall, if you can, you know, handle some violence, this is going to be a, a great narrative. It's a great mystery. You got Constantine, you know, taking a break from going around performing random jobs at random times to focus on really one job that he has to do. Yeah, he's definitely the guy that I would like to call whenever something strange is going on in my neighborhood, you know, the, he's the perfect freelancer for this kind of thing. And speaking of freelancers, do you need a freelancer to help you with your website or WordPress site or an expert presentation designer to help with that big work project? Or maybe you just need someone to write expert articles and blogs for that website. Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more from seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with your pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off to the races. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the description of this episode to get started. Please note that yet another DC animated podcast is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link below. These commissions help support the growth of yet another DC animated podcast. So we appreciate your continued support. All right. So that was our movie. And now it's time for that comic book knowledge. As we talk about the similarities, differences, and the major things that we saw in the comic versus the movie. In the beginning, this film is based off of the Hellblazer, all his engines comic that was written and published in 2005. It is written by Mike Carey and Leonardo Menko. 
It is a 128-page graphic novel, and they were able to put all 128 pieces of art, leathers, everything into this movie. Wow. It is probably the most accurate adaptation I think I've ever seen. There are some big differences, but nothing too much. I would also say that I don't really know much about Constantine, but I'm very sure that this comic was very well received by fans because it's actually been adapted not once, but twice already. We actually saw this story pop up in the 10th episode of the canceled Constantine series back in 2014. And they also start similarly because the first episode of that series started with him in an asylum, like being Mm -hmm. begging to like, please get the demons out of my head. Please tell me this, none of this is real. So yeah, that's cool. That's cool that it, it still lives on. And the other reason why that is, is because when this film was actually put together, no one really knew what universe it was a part of. <laughs> oh my God, that makes so much sense. <laughs> so when this film was actually produced to be a spinoff of the Constantine television series that we were talking about that was canceled in 2014. However, it eventually, because of the style, because of you know, because it was produced by Mark Guggenheim and Greg Berlanti and because of the big connections to the DC animated movie universe, as well as most importantly, Matt Ryan playing the character of Constantine in both Justice League Dark and in this and future Justice League productions, they decided to put it with our DC AMU. A very welcomed addition. I guess that's probably why I personally felt a little out of place while watching it. But you know what? I think it does a great job in really giving us a sense who Constantine is this whole hell on earth storyline that he has to deal with. And even though this comic came out before and we got a chance to see this 2018 movie, there's actually another comic that is very similar to it. (laughs) Um, So that is why, and it actually came out the same year that this movie came out. So (laughs) what a coincidence. So that is why to the fans of the other universe, I would like to call this particular story damnation rated r just a little less cumberbatch <laughs> <laughs> yeah as i mentioned the similarities is too it's too many to count man it's a great adaptation it pulls right from the pages of the book the only thing that we're probably missing and i don't know how you will feel about this as i'm mentioning them now but we don't actually get a chance to see much of constantine's past as we saw in the film mm-hmm. there's no mention of newcastle so we don't have any Moments of seeing who Alex Logue is, who Astra is. In fact, Nergal doesn't even make an appearance in this entire comic. That's, well, that's a big change. (laughs) (laughs) It is. But again, like the story flowed exactly the same way. We do have some characters who do get switched out as well. Um, Nightmare Nurse actually does not make an appearance either. Uh, She is replaced by a man by the name of Fennel, who is this... um, Constantine Mox is kind of like this occult person who doesn't really have a connection to the occult at the same time. And there's a line that gets said in the film that's a direct reference to what happened to this man named Fennel, who as he's channeling and trying to figure out where Trish is, goes through the same process of channeling her essence and is using that to talk to Constantine, where Beirul takes over the body, Beirul sets this man aflame. So when Nightmare Nurse says the line, if I was human, I would be toast. That is a direct connection to this comic. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So the other 
big changes are Chaz is not Trisha's father. He is actually her grandfather. Okay, sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> it was, and they look exactly the same. So it's just like wild because it's just like, yo, what's his skincare routine? <laughs> He's He looks good. Come on, Chaz. You've been dipping into those dark magics, haven't you? <laughs> and the last big change was McClantacutley. I'll try that one more time. The Aztecian death god, Mickey, uh, has actually been tormenting Constantine since he was a kid. Constantine has been seeing this being from since he was a small child. We get a chance to also see a little bit of Constantine's past here, actually. As I mentioned back in the Justice League Dark episode, Constantine and his father didn't get, get along quite well. And when in a moment of when Constantine as a kid who needed some comfort after seeing this demonic presence in front of him, um, his father proceeds to, it's implied that he ends up getting beaten by his father. But Mickey ends up coming back because Constantine does the same thing where he goes to a butcher shop to find out who the, where he could get the help of this Aztec death god. And when the two of them meet, it's that moment that Constantine realizes that, holy crap, this is the same person. So Mickey takes on more of the, yeah, he takes on more of the characteristics of Queen Angela and Nergal as he's now this presence that's tormented John for his entire life. And he also starts to kind of work with Beirul, who Beirul takes on more of this stronger presence, more than what Nergal did. Let We don't get this big reveal of Nergal. It's Beirul the entire time. So the two of them decide to work together, again, the same way that we saw Angela and Nergal did. And the end fight was very similar. We unfortunately don't see that the power of love and family is what helps to overcome <laughs> death and demons. It is actually a game of chicken that occurs. Constantine decides to make a deal with Mickey and he learns that Mickey's able to reconnect someone's soul with their body because again, he is the Aztec god of death. So he does this within the body of Beirul, exploding out into a very similar way that we saw in the movie. And as we're thinking that everything is complete, Mick decides that, you know what? I'm gonna take over Trisha's body. This is what I'm gonna do because I can be reborn and really create real hell on earth here. And, you know, really step up in a way. And this is the game of chicken where Constantine says, listen, you can do that. Or I can burn you out and kill you right here and now by taking a strand of Trisha's hair wrapped around her favorite doll. And once I burn that, that's it. You're out. And the two of them are going back and forth saying you're bluffing. You're going to you're not going to win this. But as Constantine shows, he's got, you know, he, he's got the magical essence and power of and basically the balls of, <laughs> of who he is he decides to start burning the pre the strands of hair mick decides to evacuate and i think at this point it actually is implied that he actually dies from this chaz jumps in to stop constantine from going any further because he's fearing that at this point it also means that trish will die as well but then it's revealed that actually it was not Trisha's actual hair, but it was actually a wig that Constantine had bought in order to get Mick out and save Trish and the family. So it was really just a fun moment to show that Constantine truly is the biggest con man in the magical world. 
And that is our comic. That is yeah. everything that happened with this comic and how it got pulled into this animated world. And I loved it because, again, it is so difficult sometimes to translate what's happening in the panels of comics onto film. And this, they did it here. I mean, granted, we had got a chance to see more of the power of love succeed, but you know, I, I love the way that this, this adaptation had done what they went with it. Yeah, I think it, it just captured so much about Constantine in such a short time. I feel like I know Constantine so much better and that he's always been one of my favorite characters for some reason. I can't even, I can never explain it, but now I feel like I have a movie that will say, you, you don't get Constantine. Let me show you mm -hmm. cover your eyes for half of it and you'll be fine. <laughs> Yes, I'm loving this new version of Constantine, this inclusion into the universe. And, you know, I got to also say that, like, it's been a wild ride in this universe here, too, because these are characters who you wouldn't expect to finally make their animated appearance. And in fact, just like maybe, I don't know, like 10, 20, 10, 15 years ago, actually, we were fighting to get a lot of these people onto the animated screen like you know we had our justice league justice league unlimited the teen titans cartoons but now we're seeing a lot of these comic book stories being adapted in this world and it's been a great journey so far what you think yeah i think just seeing how much they really give personalities to characters like cyborg is getting to stand on his own more uh, particularly steel we'll see more very soon Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, you get some steel. Damian Wayne, again, I thought he was this annoying little brat before coming into this universe. But now I have more context for who he is. I love how throughout this journey, we're getting more people, more time to shine. And it is something, as much as we love a good Batman movie, um, <laughs> he's had enough He's yes. had 5,000 and they're still making more. And I love Batman, but come on. There's so many characters. Where's our Satana movie? Where is yes. our Dead Man shorts? Like, So I think this universe has helped emphasize the need to go to different comics and different stories that and new wells. And I hope this trend really continues because I don't need batman versus flash i need a wally <laughs> west solo picture yes i want a redone version of under the red hood not you know not deaf in the family i'm, I'm gonna call it as it is we don't deaf in the family i'm still hurt by <laughs> yeah deaf in the family if we ever get the chance to fully take apart that movie there will be it'll be as bloody as this movie like there'll be <laughs> the carcass of that movie will just be left everywhere because oh man what a waste what a waste yeah. of everyone's time oh man but you know what isn't a waste of our time the movies that we have coming up next yes. i feel we have some really big heavy hitters in the dcamu coming up because our next film is called the reign of superman and we just left off with Superman is dead. So obviously there is a hole to fill there. And we get many, many variants of Superman here. Oh, yes. We're going to put away the magic because Superman don't like that. So 
we're stepping away from mysticism and magic for a minute and getting back to good old Kryptonian magic, <laughs> which is science, I guess. Just science. Uh, so looking forward, ran into Superman because, you know, we saw Superman die. So who could this movie be about? Right. I don't know. It can't be in the title, but yeah, it'll be fun to dive into what happens when Superman is gone and you've actually built your new universe. Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Justice League. Oh man, I, I cough. So we'll see how that works out next time. Yes. Until then, take care of yourselves and um, I don't know, find yourself a little demon. Yeah, walk not Ner- not Nergal though. Yeah, yeah, not Nergal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> little Constantine demon. Now walk into the sunset with him. Now that we've finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop, so remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall, and tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. First on our list is Hellblazer All His Engines. This 2005 graphic novel by Mike Carey and Leonardo Menko serves as the source material for our film. Next, we're taking a jump over to live action with Constantine the TV series. After Keanu Reeves came Matt Ryan, and in this 2014 series, it serves as the spiritual predecessor to our film that was later added to the DCAMU. The show gives us a Constantine much like his animated counterpart, as well as another adaptation of the comic that inspires City of Demons. Finally, we have Constantine's Arrowverse appearances. After the abrupt end to the live-action series, Matt Ryan was brought back to the role courtesy of a guest appearance on CW's Arrow. Due to the positive reviews, Constantine became a series regular on the spin-off television series Legends of Tomorrow, where he was given a chance to wrap his astrologue story. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC animated podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.